So we're going to be in the Psalms tonight, specifically in Psalm 46 and 47. Mostly in 46, but I talked to our resident uh, Old Testament scholar, Mike Fox, who's really handy to have around. And uh, I was happy that he agreed with me that these two Psalms are kind of form a couplet that go together. It's always great when I think I'm doing something right and I call Mike and he's like, yep, that's right. So it makes me feel good. But we're going to be in Psalm 47. And it says that it is for the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. And the Psalms, of course, they were like the, the, the hymnal, the worship book of the nation of Israel. So we've lost the music, sadly. But we have the words and the verses. And Hebrew poetry is, is parallel. So they'll state something in that same verse. And then in the second half of that verse, we'll either uh, say something to explain it or something to shed light on what they previously said. And like we normally do, we're just going to walk through this psalm and, and see what the Lord has to teach us with it. So this is Psalm 46, and it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present or very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease. To the ends of the earth, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So a lot of Psalms start off with questions. How long? Why? How long will this happen, Lord? Why is this happening to me? And there are no questions in this psalm. The sons of Korah start out with this statement, God is our refuge and strength. This, this, there is no question about it. God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present or very present help when? In trouble. If you work backwards from that, so that when we are in trouble, there is an ever-present help. It is God who is our refuge and strength. Therefore, verse 2, because he is our refuge and strength, because he is an ever-present help, when we are in trouble, therefore we will not fear. Why don't we fear? We don't fear because God is our refuge and strength. We don't fear because when we are in trouble, he's there to help us. Then he goes on to explain in, in the next few verses, says, though the earth give way, and this is beautiful poetic language, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar, that word for roar can mean like to growl or to rage or to war against something. Though its waters roar and growl and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, this imagery of hardly is anything more immovable than a mountain, right? Like you look at mountains and you're like, they're there. Even Jesus uses this imagery in the Old New Testament to say, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Like the idea of moving mountains is unthinkable. 
Have you ever been to the Rockies? They're like there. They're not going anywhere. But he says, even if these mountains would fall into the sea and the waters would roar and foam and just carry them up into chaos, for the ancient people, the sea was a place of chaos and fear. This idea that you could get on this little boat that floated, but these storms, that they, they understood how some of them would work, but they were powerless against them. This storm could come up, and then once your boat is gone, you can only swim so long. The sea swallows you up. It was a place of chaos and fear, and so it's like this thing that is stable, a mountain. Even if it falls into this roaring, growling chaos, we will not fear. There's this beautiful picture in 4 through 6. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. It says, Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. See, there are other rivers in the Bible. Like the, It starts off with a garden with rivers flowing out of it. The last chapter of the Bible has a river in it that we're going to look at in just a minute. This idea of a river that it brings life, it brings water, and it makes places glad. This river whose streams make glad the city of God. It's in this contrast to the chaotic roaring of the ocean. It's this controlled river bringing gladness to the city. And then in verse 7, this kind of key central verse to the psalm, the Lord Almighty or the Lord of hosts is with us. That, that word Almighty is kind of an older word. Your Bible might say Lord of hosts, and it means that the God who commands the armies of the angels. There are untold, I don't know, trillions of angels. I don't know how many there are. There's like lots of angels. And God is their general. He is their king. And he, in verse 7, is with us. The God of Jacob is our what? Is our fortress. Why do you have a fortress? Because there's something attacking you, right? You don't have fortresses because everything is fine. You don't go to the beach and build a sandcastle because you're under attack. You do it because it's fun, right? When settlers would come anywhere or people go anywhere in history, what would they do first? They build a fort because other people would come in and say, you're not supposed to be here, let's fight. And so you have a fortress because you're at war. Who is our fortress? Yeah, amen, sister. It's Jesus. It's God himself. It doesn't say God will build you a fortress, does it? It doesn't say God is like a fortress. It doesn't say that God will help you make a great fortress. It says that he is our fortress. So let me tell you, who can come and knock God over? Who can do that? No one. That's exactly right. No one can come and push God down. Even the, if you think that somebody is big enough to come and push God down, then you ought to go worship that person because they're God. God doesn't get pushed down. He doesn't get pushed around. He doesn't get told what to do. And he is our fortress. And then there's this incredible invitation in verse 8, and he's speaking not just to Israel, but he's now speaking to the nations. It's this invitation to come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations that he has brought on the earth. What does he do? He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow 
shatters the spear, and he burns the shields with fire. The implements of war, God destroys. And then verse 10, your uh, version may say, be still. It may say, relax. It may say, stop striving. It may say, uh, cease fighting. That word just means to stop. And I think that the context is probably talking to these warring nations where it says, be still, stop fighting, and know that I am God. I don't think it's only to the nations. I think this is an invitation and a command to the world. Be still and know that I am God. I mean, like, I feel like if I could go and stand in Congress and say one thing, it would be that. You would look at all these people who are so powerful and so smart and say, stop fighting and know that God is God. And he will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. And that we must remember that the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The most repeated command in the Bible is some form of do not be afraid. This says we will not fear. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't worry. Don't be afraid. We will not fear. Don't fear. Why do we not fear? Or why is the command here not to fear? Two questions. Why would he say don't be afraid? Is it because we're not afraid? Well, no. The reason don't be afraid is so often commanded in the scripture is because we're afraid. And because we have a lot of things to fear. In case you haven't noticed, it's not that hard to die as a human. We're fragile. We're frail. Like this tree could fall on me and I would be dead. That's it. A bear could run up and eat me. There's like 11 animals that live in Oklahoma that could kill me. I mean, we're not that strong. We live a couple years. We build some cool stuff. We make music or books. And then we die. And then we either go to the Lord or we don't. We have a lot to be afraid of. I can get sick and die and leave my kids and my wife alone. We could lose our job. Our church could burn down. So let me ask you a question. What do you fear? What do you fear? Because you fear something. We all do. To fear is to be human. To fear is to embrace the frailty of our humanity. To fear is what we do in response to danger. But what is the command of the Bible? Therefore, because of what? Because God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear, even if everything, the whole world collapses in on itself. We will not be afraid. So my question again to you is, what do you fear? Do you fear this stupid virus? so tired of it. I want to slap it. I know you can't slap a virus, but I want to slap it in its face. Do you fear economic downturn? Do you fear November? Do you fear January 20th? Do you fear, are you afraid that Trump will win or that Trump will lose? Do you fear that you won't have a job? Do you fear that someone near to you will die? Do you fear that you'll be unfaithful to your spouse? 
Do you fear that your child will get sick? What do you fear most? I want to read about this river. And I want to put this image in your head as you think about your fear. At the end of a very traumatic book of Revelation comes this. This is Revelation 22.1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing down from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree or for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. This is our destiny, brothers and sisters. Do you see that? So I want you to imagine this river coming out from under the throne of God. I have zero idea what that looks like other than really awesome. I want you to imagine this river, this crystal clear river flowing out from the throne of God the Father and the Lamb Jesus who was slain and who rose from the dead and is coming back to judge the quick and the dead. Under that throne flows this river. And from that river, this tree of life gets nourishment let me ask you this. Is any of your fear big enough to stop up that river? No. To dam up that flow? No. no, that's exactly right. Of course it can't. I want to go back to Psalm 46. I want you to keep this image of your fear in your mind, okay? Because Psalm 46 rolls right into Psalm 47. Because the reality of having a God who is with us is that the child of God responds to calamity with worship, not with fear. How do you know that you're afraid? You worry. You have anxiety. You are passive. You lack courage. You fail to do the right when you know what to do. That is how you know that you are afraid. You have no inner peace. That is how you know that you have fear. But God is not a God of fear. He is a God of courage. And He is a God of power. So listen to Psalm 47. He says, remember all these nations that were warring? He says, clap your hands, all you nations, and shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. This is shouted to the nations. For God is the King of all the earth. So sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over all the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth 
belong to God. And He is greatly exalted. So my question to you again is, what do you fear? And my second question is, who is your God? What is larger for you, your fear or your God? Because the God of the Bible is our refuge and strength, and He is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Are we or are we not in a time of trouble? This is a troubling time. To say that we're not would be just totally foolish and blind and Pollyanna, which is not a good way to be. God wants us to look at the reality of life and to bring in the reality of God into our own reality. He is who defines reality. Remember that. It's not us. It's not the news. It's not the writers. It's not the whoever. It's the Lord. So what do you fear and who is your God? Because we're not supposed to fear the thing. We're supposed to fear the Lord because he is with us. What we're going to do now as we close is we added some, some more songs in the end of our time today because I wanted to give us time to, to reflect. I wanted to give us a moment to consider as we sing these songs, what is it that you fear? And who do you think God is? And will you entrust your fear to him? And I want you to think about this. I'm kind of going gonna, gonna to lead us in prayer before we start singing. And I want you to just don't be afraid to let God know to let him in, to open your mind and your heart to him. Don't, don't be afraid. If you're afraid, guess what? Join the club. Every human gets afraid. Jesus was afraid, but he trusted in his fear. So as we close in song, let us close in praying and asking the Lord to help us just to process what we've heard. Lord Jesus, we, we love you, and I, and I ask I ask for your help. You who is the Lord of the host of heaven, of this infinite host of, of, of angels, powerful and mighty at the command of your word. And we as these frail creatures, Lord Jesus, we come to you because you are our refuge and strength. And I ask you to help us to show us what we fear Help us to name it, Lord Jesus. Maybe we fear this virus. Maybe we fear where our country will be in a year. Maybe we fear where the church is going. Maybe we fear for someone in our family. Maybe we fear for our own calamity or our own faithlessness. Would you help us to see what we fear and help us to take it and come to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in our time of need. Help us to lay our fear, Lord Jesus, in the water of the river. This great picture of your love and your provision, and may your love and your provision, Lord Jesus, wash over our fear as we put it there in expectation of the day when you will finally take all fear away. Help us to respond to calamity with worship. We lay ourselves into your hands, Lord Jesus, and we ask for your help. In Christ's risen name we pray. Amen.